Tyler win an MVP this year? I hope so. Uh, you, guys are, you guys are up to something. This was the worst comments I ever got on a high-rated quarterback, and I've been doing this a long time. Just playing in the park. Run up pads on, so we're not going to talk about a whole lot of nothing. Tuesday is sparring day. Wednesday is day that we install everything that we're going to do in the game, and Thursday we just turn it up a notch, you know? We all... Alright, back to the podcast. We're cranking these boys out. What it do, baby? What it do, baby? <laughs> what it do, baby? <laughs> we're, we're in that summer heat just, just giving you audio content. Feels good. Uh, NFC South coming at you. Uh, really, really, I think, other than the NFC North, I would say the, the one of the best divisions in football in terms of just top-to-bottom talent. Um, and even with you know the Bucks, who were in the basement last year, a lot of exciting new additions to the team, mainly in the form of, of Bruce Arians. I mean, he's coming in here uh, after a year away from the game, and he brought back Byron Leftwich. Sneaky, it, deep, deep prophecy that's been floated. Byron Leftwich, head coach of the Houston Texans, 2020. Wow. That, that's that, a deep prophecy. Is that on deep the books? Pro- <laughs> no. I freaking love that. I love that. <laughs> that gets me going, man. That's a deep prophecy. For that me. gets me going. <laughs> hey, they gotta um, be good this year for that to happen. That's all I gotta say. Yeah, I know. That's 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 the one thing that's holding me yeah. back a little bit. Um, but l- let's just jump into the Bucks, man. I mean, this is kind of the year of Jameis Winston. Yeah. Last year he he started off the year and was suspended, and you had Fitz Magic going on there in the first quarter of the year, and it really kind of made Winston seem like he was expendable. Seemed like he wasn't really the guy there, even for the rest of the season. I kind of almost, a much lesser version, but almost kind of equate that to the Carson Wentz-Nick Foles situation that you had up in Philly, where it's kind of tough if the backup quarterback, you know, has some big moments and you're going in there and and not playing up to your potential. It can be kind of weird, um, just because the quarterback, you're supposed to be the number one guy in that locker room. And Winston was eating W's and seemed kind of lost a little bit. And Mm -hmm. so this is going to be a big year for him. And We'll see if Bruce Arians can do anything with him. I mean, the the thing with Winston, his whole career has just been carelessness with the football. We saw it in Hard Knocks, even where Dirk Cutter was just repeatedly telling him that he had to be more careful with the football, more careful with the football. And then you saw him in the Carolina preseason game. You know, I think he got bailed out by some penalty call, but he totally threw the ball like as he was getting tackled in the red zone, like into the lap of a Carolina defender. So that's always been the knock with Winston is just his inability to care for the football. But if anyone's going to turn him around, it's going to be Bruce Arians. And I think that's you know exciting for, for Winston this year. It, it is kind of his last year to, to prove that he can be the quarterback of this team going forward. Where are you guys kind of at with the, the Bucks here? Yeah, I mean, if anyone can reform Jameis Winston, you'd think it'd be uh, the quarterback whisperer himself, Bruce Arians. Um, but, you know, I uh, I just think this might be too big of a – too big of a shift to turn around, uh, especially in year one. Uh, so I, I, I like the Devin White pick. I think that, especially going forward, that's going to be huge for a, a, def- a true defensive leader on that side of the football. But just looking over their depth chart, uh, I still just am, you know, iffy on their, their pass rush, their secondary. Um, and then on offense, uh, you know, they have some nice – I mean – Mike Evans is elite, and Chris Godwin is, is proven himself to be a very capable receiver at the NFL level. But other than that, 
Uh, Ronald Jones had a really awful uh, rookie year. That, like, I mean, about as forgettable of a rookie year you could have for as a running back. Um, so a lot of just reclamation progress uh, projects all over um, this this football team. Um, Vita Vea too. Uh, is he just a space eater? Does he can he actually rush the passer? Uh, so I just I think that I I like. You know, the personnel that they put around him with you know, the whole Arizona crew with Bruce Arians, Byron Leftwich, and Todd Bowles. But I just think, especially in this division, this might be a little uh, too tough of a task uh, in year one. I think the page has been turned in Tampa, man. I really do. And I think that you guys have said enough about Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich. I believe wholeheartedly in those guys. I think that those guys, I think Bruce Arians is just a winner and he knows, talk about a quarterback whisperer. He just makes quarterbacks better, period. That's a fact. And I think that James Winston's going to have the best year of his career this year. And more exciting to me is the fact that Todd Bowles is the defensive coordinator of this team. And I think Todd Bowles may be the, one of the best defensive coordinators in the NFL. Um, I don't necessarily think he was head coach material, but even as a head coach, he, he wasn't, you know, necessarily the most, you know, uh, rah-rah locker room guy who's going to uplift you, but he won games with a, with a shoddy Jets team, to be honest. And I think that the schemes and blitz packages and coverage packages that Bowles is going to bring to this team is going to make up for their uh, clear shortcomings on the defensive side of the ball and skill-wise and talent-wise. And I'm so excited to watch Devin White play for this football team, man. I think those guys were clamoring to get this guy in the locker room, get this guy on the field. And I think he's going to be similar to how I feel about Devin Bush, except a little more athletic version, maybe not as powerful. But, boy, does he have power. And that guy's going to be a locker room guy. He's going to be a captain in a few years. And I just think that, like I said, man, the page has absolutely been turned here. And I'm having a little bit of, like you guys were having the year of hard knocks, I'm believing in the Bucks, man. I think that now is kind of the time for the Buccaneers. Do I think they're going to ring off 11 wins? Not necessarily, but I think similar to the Cardinals, but even a little bit better. I think this team is going to be in the thick of things in every game that they play. I don't think James, you're going to see nearly as much antics from Jameis. I think uh, Dirk Cutter was the wrong guy for the job. And God bless him. I mean, there's only so much you can handle, but I just think Arians is so much more... Uh, demands to more respect and and has earned more respect with his resume. Um, this guy is a guy who was afraid of dying on the sideline. That's why he stopped coaching, and he's back coaching. So he clearly is passionate about this job. He clearly is investing in it and thinks that there's success to be had. He's not you know buying into this so that he can win five or six games. He's he's coming for it. He knows he has a quarterback that that was drafted number one and that a lot of people. Uh, you know, in the past believed that could be the future of the NFL. And I think he's ready to make that, you know, uh, pipe dream kind of become into a reality right now. And I, um, you know, maybe it's a little blind on my part, but uh, I absolutely believe this Buccaneers team is going to be much improved from their past two five-win seasons. And I'm really looking forward to watching this team on both sides of the ball. I think they're going to surprise people this year. I mean, I like that you're, you're into them. It's interesting, and I can definitely see where you're coming from a little bit. I still think, I mean, we were kind of talking about this with the, the Cardinals, that their depth isn't any, is not good at all. I think a few injuries, you know, sprinkled along any really, any position group really, I think could set them back pretty far. Um, I would like them to see take like Josh Allen instead of Devin White, if I'm being completely honest. Uh, I think they are kind of weak in terms of pass rushers. I know you have Jason Pierre Paul, but he's not exactly young. Um, and Carl Massive isn't anything really special either. And so I would like to see them take a pass rusher. I know they're going to kind of rely on Sue 
They did bring in Shaquille Barrett, which I thought, you know, it's not a huge move, but yeah. that's a guy who's had a solid career in Denver and, you know, can get after it. He's not a stud by any means, but he's a guy who's going to um, do his job. Good rotational piece. I do think the secondary is pretty weak also. Uh, Vernon Hargraves hasn't shown much. Carlton Davis is a second-round pick from last year who, I mean, it is what it is with those corners. And they also brought in Jamel Dean from Auburn who – has like torn his ACL three times, although I know a lot of people like him as a rookie. And I, I don't know. I just am not too um, impressed with like the core talent on this team. I mean, you do still have Mike Evans, who I think is pretty underrated. He's another guy, kind of like we were talking about with Deshaun Watson, that if I could just move anybody out of a position, <laughs> I would like to get Mike Evans on a team like the Steelers or the Patriots, something like that, and see what you know his full potential is. Um, but... And, and, I mean, they lost Gerald McCoy. I don't think that's something that uh, should be taken lightly. I mean, that dude was Tampa Bay Buccaneers football for the last eight seasons. And, you know, now he's gone. He's in Carolina, so he's I in the division. Because what has that gotten them? And they brought in Sue to replace him. I'm just saying – I'm, I'm not saying that they've been, been – yeah, I'm just saying as a, as a guy in that locker room, it's a, it's a pretty – I think he's leaving a, a bit of a hole. So I'm not saying it's going to cause them to – you know, and I crash think you're going to see but... Mike Evans reach offensive potential with the new coaching staff this year. I truly That's do. Fair. I think that this is kind of where they're going to blossom a little bit offensively. And they, you know, I don't think, obviously the loss of Deshaun Jackson isn't ideal, but I don't think it's going to necessarily hurt them as much as people think. I'm not even going to say anything. I'm not going to say anything about Brashad Perriman. I don't even necessarily think he's worth talking about him until he does, until he does something. Oh, I have to cut this out. Carlos calling. Um, I don't necessarily think Brashad Perriman is anyone necessarily special or, or worthy to, of talking about. I think, uh, is it Chris Goodwin or Charles Chris Goodwin? Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin. Yeah, Chris Godwin from Penn State has uh, shown a lot of promise. I think that he's going to do a little bit of blossoming in his own right. And I think O.J. Howard is another guy who people may not be talking about um, as someone who's climbing the ranks and becoming, you know, a, a fringe elite tight end, I think. So I just think that, the, the, the key to this team succeeding uh, was a stellar coaching staff, and I think that's really what they got on both sides of the ball. And um, I think that they're ready to do work with the new staff. Yeah, I mean, if I could just add on, I, I, I think it just kind of comes down to what you think of Jameis and, you know, uh, his, his big comparison coming out of Florida State was Ben Roethlisberger. And Bruce Arians was kind of a guy who really helped mold Ben Roethlisberger. So, Hopefully, uh, you know, he can use that experience to, to further, uh, further, you know, help his development. But like Klepp was saying to start it off, it comes down to just turning the ball over. And I just think Jameis is someone who is going to be turning the ball over, even if he, you know, is throwing for a lot of touchdowns. You're just going to have to deal with that. And then on the other side, your defense, Todd Bowles is going to have to have this defense overperform. Klepp and I both touched on it. Um, this team, you know, they don't have the depth. They don't really have the pass rush. And then they're, rely they're relying on a lot of young guys uh, in their secondary to be really good. Um, so I, I, you know, I like the direction that they're headed in. Um, and, you know, they have a pretty, pretty solid offensive line. They got some hog mollies in there with Jensen and Marpet. But I just still think that they're, uh, they're a couple years away. Also, uh, when you're looking for that third receiver, look no further than Demarcus Lodge. He was a third receiver at Ole Miss. That guy is just a complete receiver, can block, uh, can can win in a lot of ways. So I'm, I'm expecting a big season out of him, undrafted free agent. Let's go to the Carolina Panthers, who last year started 6-2 and two, yeah. and then proceeded to lose seven straight games, uh, pretty much 
they went as Cam Newton did. Cam Newton had a, a shoulder injury, and uh, they just kind of collapsed down the stretch. Um, I remember vividly the Detroit Lions game. They went for two, and Cam just completely missed an open receiver in the back of the end zone, and that was just kind of the, the end of their year. And I think his shoulder injury really hampered him. He had surgery on it this offseason. So he should be back to full strength, but, but you never know. I mean, he is a bit of a physical quarterback. He will take hits, and, and that stuff's just going to happen. And this is always the, the camp conversation we've had that, you know, that you kind of can't handcuff him because then you're not going to get the player that he is. You need to kind of just let him play his game, even if it may lead to some injuries. Um, and I think this is the last year on his deal, man. They got Will Greer waiting in the wings. So there could be maybe a little transition after this year in Carolina, depending on how it goes. Um, I mean, this team always seems to have some talent, but I mean, they kind of, I mean, like you said, they kind of go as Cam goes. And if we're going to see MVP Cam Newton, they're going to have a chance to potentially make a playoff run. And if, we see, you know, middling Cam Newton to bad Cam Newton. They probably will miss the playoffs. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you, Klepp. Um, uh, you know, looking over this team's, you know, depth chart, they do have talent like you were alluding to. And they're, I like their second, I mean, their their defense. Uh, you know, they brought in Brian Burns, who was a guy that I was high on in the draft process. And then you got Luke Keekley, uh, you know, still who's one of the best players in football as well. So the talent is there, but it just this just kind, kind of comes down to, I believe, Cam Newton is for sure on the decline. Um, I don't. I'm not necessarily sure if we have an idea of how healthy he's going to be or how ready he is. I, I know that he's he's just starting to throw regular size footballs now, and we saw with Andrew Luck that these shoulder injuries, especially for quarterbacks, can just be, uh, you know, just really nagging and uh, a lot of uncertainty with them. So I'm I'm just kind of kind of like with what I did with Seattle. Um, I'm just. I'm predicting a real like a down year here with in Carolina. I just think this is a team that is pointing downwards and could be in in the potential uh, for a rebuild, despite the fact that they have uh, some really nice talent on their team. Yeah, I mean, I think look no further than the Will Greer pick, man. The the even the the brass in Carolina is showing us what what they're thinking. And I don't like Norv Turner as a play caller. I never have. Um, I think Ron Rivera is a good coach, but I think his days as a head coach may be coming to a close, unfortunately. And I think that it, it's harder for me to sell on this team than it is like a team like the 49ers or like, you know, the Raiders or like teams I've sold on in prior podcasts, but I'm selling on the Carolina Panthers. And it's a, like I said, it's a harder thing for me to do, but I think the chances of Cam having an MVP season are in, realistically at around 10%. And I think the chances of Cam having another Cam season, like every season he's had other than the 15 win year are more like 90 or 80%. So I really just see this team doing more of the same. Uh, I think DJ Moore is going to develop into a solid target, but I think past that, they're looking at Greg Olson as their main pass catcher, who has is a great player, uh, maybe a fringe Hall of Famer, but has not been able to stay healthy, honestly, the past few years, and in my opinion, has had one foot in the booth and one foot on the field. Um, so maybe that's a little unfair. I don't know Greg Olson. I'm sure he's a great guy, but... I don't necessarily believe in Christian McCaffrey as a every down running back. Again, that might be a little unfair, but that's just kind of where I'm at right now. I really think that this team is. Uh, I'd push back against that. I think I, I would, McCaffrey I would has been really good, and I think I myself haven't given enough credit to him. Uh, I think really this year their success on offense is going to hinge a lot on Christian McCaffrey. Um, he's been a guy who has been really durable, and he's been a, a great playmaker for them. I think that. 
you know, you do have guys behind him as well, like Artist Payne and, you know, Lee's man Jordan Scarlett to kind of spell him a little bit. But, I, I mean, I think they view McCaffrey as their workhorse back, and I don't think there's any reason that they shouldn't. Um, I, I do. I will say I didn't really love their draft either. I, I was never a big Brian Burns guy. Uh, didn't so I didn't love that move, and I didn't. I Greg Little picking Greg Little when you had Risner and Ford on the board to me was was a mistake. So overall, I'm just kind of. I mean, they still have Luke Keekley, still have Shaq Thompson on the defense. You bring in Gerald McCoy, who I think um, has a lot of good football left in him. Bruce Irvin is not a great player anymore. Vernon Butler is not the player that they wanted him to be. Uh, and, I mean, Kwan Short is is really good as well. So. I still think their secondary, too, is, is really suspect. James Bradbury hasn't really made uh, – he's a solid corner for sure, but he hasn't necessarily made that leap to top 15 type of dude um, like I kind of expected him to. And Dante Jackson is, is still young. And, I mean, you're relying on Eric Reed, a veteran, to kind of be that that leader in, on the back back end, and I don't, I don't trust that either. So yeah. this is just a team for me that um, – is going to rely on Cam Newton, and if Cam can't get it done, and if this team just kind of falters on uh, initially, I don't see them making a run. Yeah, I agree. And I, maybe, yeah, you're right. Maybe it was a little unfair. I should give McCaffrey a little more love. But still, even granting the fact that McCaffrey's a really good player, I still don't think that that's going to push them over the top. And, you know, I just find this, like I said, it's a little bit harder for me to sell on them, but I'm, I'm definitely selling on the Panthers this year as a team that I don't necessarily believe is going to uh, make a playoff push. Yep, I'm on with that. Shall we go to the Atlanta Falcons? We shall. Let's let's also go to the the worst-kept secret in back-judge history, and that's that the the Atlanta Falcons are my Super Bowl pick for 2019-2020 season, man. This this, this is my squad. I really, really like the Falcons this year. I think um, last year Matt Ryan had one of the better years of any quarterback in the NFL and didn't really get any credit for it. He was sacked, I believe, 44 times, which was among tops in the league, and still putting up the numbers he did. It was something like 37 touchdowns and five interceptions. Um, I mean, he was he was really awesome last year. And, you know, in this offseason, they really bolstered that uh, offensive line for two first-round picks spent, Chris Lindstrom and Caleb McGarry. I, don't, I know maybe Falcons fans weren't too excited about these guys, and they weren't necessarily flashy picks. But you made your flashy pick last year with Calvin Ridley, and that has worked out for you. Now it's time to, to solidify the trenches and go get two dudes that are going to protect the guy that makes your offense go, and that's Matt Ryan. Um, the defense last year, too, was just killed by injuries, absolutely killed by injuries. You saw Keanu Neal go down in the first game of the year. Um, that was terrible for them. And I just think that – I don't know. I, I do, the one thing that's going to stop this team from becoming a Super Bowl team this year is their defense, I feel like. And I don't know if Dan Quinn has necessarily proved that he can manage being a head coach and also a defensive coordinator. But um, this year he has taken over the play-calling uh, duties for the defense, so it's really going to be on him now. Um, they brought back Adrian Claiborne, which I, I like as a move that they just made to kind of solidify things. But it's pretty much the same group of guys. You got Devondre Campbell, Deion Jones at linebacker, Tack McKinley uh, keeps growing. I mean, Tack McKinley isn't necessarily a, a 10 sack a year guy, but he gives you your all in every play and is a nice guy to run game. Yep, still Duke Riley on this team. And Grady Jarrett, they signed to a, to a deal this year, who's one of the best interior defensive linemen in the league. So I'm, I'm super high on this team. Yeah, Clep, uh, I just want to piggyback a little bit off your Super Bowl prediction. I'm not necessarily willing to say that this is my Super Bowl pick yet. I haven't made my Super Bowl pick, but. 
I did want to prophesize that the Atlanta Falcons will be the number one seed in the NFC playoffs. I'm really on, on board with your plan of thinking. Um, I think that this team is going to win uh, similar to how I feel about the Colts. They're going to have a, a great year this year. They're going to win 13 games, 12 games, or more around 13. That's like a number one seed uh, win total. But uh, you, you made a lot of great points. I think you made the sexy pick last year. You beefed up the O-line, which is exactly what I think you needed to do. And I honestly think I want to talk about, you know, you win 11 games in 2016. You have the Super Bowl loss. You win 10 games a year after. And then it's a little humbling uh, to win seven games with the roster that they had. Obviously, they had injuries. They didn't get off to a great start of their season in that Thursday night game against the Eagles. And I just think that this Falcons team is poised to really, you know, make that step and, and get back into the playoff and Super Bowl conversation this year. Um, like you said, I don't think the roster is necessarily uh, too ch too much change, has had too much change. And the most change that they've had is the change I've been exciting about. And this is the point I want to make is that Brian Poole, cornerback, Justin Bethel, cornerback, Robert Arfel, Alfred, cornerback, all those guys got snaps for the Falcons last year. All of them are gone. They said, you guys can go. We're not going to pay you the money you want because they have Tommy's boy and a back judge boy, but mostly Tommy, Isaiah Oliver, a guy who we all think is going to make a big step this year at cornerback. And then Trufant leading that cornerback crew. And then DeMonte KZ coming in and playing corner for them too. I think that he had a bunch, a bunch of picks last year Yeah, too. I think that that's all, all those guys are better than the guys that they let go. And they're all younger too. I mean, excluding Trufant. Trufant's obviously their guy. So uh, between Oliver and KZ, I think those guys are ready to make that next step. And, I, I'm all over it, Clep. I really I believe in this team, and I spoiled it for everyone who my division winner is going to be. But uh, I like the Falcons a lot. Yeah, I uh, I don't dislike the Falcons, but I surely don't like them as much as you guys. And I think I might have some bias with that. I was really on the train last year, and I picked them in Winspool, and I watched a lot of their games, and I, got, I had my heart broken a lot of times, specifically in the uh, Bengals game. I, I remember that. Yes, they their uh, defense was decimated by injuries, but. Matt Ryan, I just I don't have a lot of belief in him. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I think that uh, Matt Ryan, I think he's a, a very good quarterback. I think they have a lot of talent around him. I like bringing in Chris Lindstrom, who I think is going to who has potential to be a pro bowler as a rookie and um, at guard. But I don't really feel the same about McGarry. Uh, like you guys alluded to, there is a lot of talent on this team, and there's a lot of burgeoning talents. Um, and, but I, I just kind of see this, this Falcons team as an, as a nine win team. Maybe they can sneak into the wild card. Um, but I just, um, la I don't know. I, I think that they're going to be more like they were last year, despite having Keanu Neal back and Deion Jones back, maybe a win or two more. So that gives them the nine wins. I just don't, um, I don't see the high end upside. I think they missed their window to be honest. Yeah, you don't, you don't think, similar to me about Goff, but Moran's a little bit older. You don't think he's going to be sniffing that Super Bowl glory at any point in his career, eh? I mean, they, they, they could. They have, the talent is there. I just don't think that he uh, – I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't trust him. I don't trust him in the big moments. It goes back to that I, Philly playoff game two years ago and then how he performed last year. Um, I will say that the Dirk Carter, I think, bringing him back as their OC, uh, I like that move a lot. I think that. Dirk Cutter is a much better offensive coordinator than he is a head coach. Yeah, I mean, and he has familiarity. He, he was the Falcons OC before he went to Tampa to be their head coach, so he knows Matt Ryan. Um, so there's not going to be you know an entire new system coming in. Uh, so I think that that's a really good move for them just to bring in a dude who can also just handle the offense. You know, he, Dan Quinn doesn't have to be helping along Steve Sarkeesian or or anything like that. You can just roll with Dirk Cutter. And he knows what he's doing. He knows the city. He knows the players to a certain degree. And I think that'll be good. The one thing I would be concerned about on offense is just the health of Devonta Freeman. I know he missed a lot of games last year. 
Um, and he is a little bit of an aging running back at this point. Um, so I hope that he can. I mean, he's one of the more exciting players when he's in the NFL when he's healthy. So, and I mean, Andy lose Kevin Coleman. That that depth. I do like Edo Smith. I kind of compared Edo Smith to a Tariq Cohen light uh, coming out of the draft. I think he's from Southern Mississippi. Yes, he is. Uh, he was one of my my draft guys from uh, 2018. So I'm a big Edo Smith fan. But I don't. I mean, I think Kevin Coleman was more than a capable backup running back. So. I think that will be a little bit of concern for me, but other than that, I'm I'm all in on the Falcons team. Uh, should we go over to the Saints? Let's let's go to the Saints where I was robbed last year, frankly, of, of that winning the Super Bowl. I think I really think they would have put up a better fight against the, the Patriots than the Rams did. Um, in fact, I'm certain of it. But here we are. Um, you know, Drew Brees is a year older now. I really think last year that we saw him take a step back. I, he was still a great quarterback, but I think that the arm strength isn't totally there anymore. Um, as he's just, I mean, he's as smart as ever, for sure. But I think that he is a little bit... I mean, you've seen uh, New Orleans start to lean on their run game, um, at least in the past two seasons, for sure. And, I mean, it's, I think it's done a lot to kind of balance off that offense because it used to be all on Brees. But there was, there was a reason they started doing that. Um, Mark Ingram is, is no longer there. He was a big part of that two, you know, two-headed monster in the backfield with Kamara. Now it'll kind of be all on Alvin to to carry the load in the back end um, there. But uh, where you guys kind of have this team a year removed from, I mean, two, I mean, two years in a row, just heartbreaking losses in the playoffs. Yeah, and that's where I'm going to make my point here. I'm similar to Tommy. I'm off. I'm off the Saints. I think that this is a team. This was my Super Bowl pick in 2017. Um, 2014, 2015, 2016, this team won seven games every year, all three of those years. They won 11 in 2017, made that run, lost, unfortunately, to the Vikings in a heartbreaking game, and then they lose to the Rams in a heartbreaking game last year after winning 13 games in the regular season. I absolutely agree with you that Breeze has taken a bit of a step back. I think they're looking towards the future a little bit with Bridgewater. Um, they brought in Buck Allen and Latavius Murray, just uh, to correct you, I guess, a little bit on the load won't fully be on Kamara, but those guys yeah. are nowhere near the level of bruiser and efficiency that Mark Ingram is. Um, and I think outside Also, Dwayne of, Washington, lying great. <laughs> I think outside of Michael Thomas, who's obviously one of the better receivers in the game, you can make an argument he's top five, top three maybe. Um, I top five, sure. Um, I, I don't think that they have many options. I think Ted Ginn is a guy who's going to continually take step backs as he gets old, takes steps back as he gets older. And then on the defensive side of the ball, this team just doesn't really necessarily excite me. I don't believe in Eli Apple. I think Lattimore is a, a really good corner, but uh, I don't think that uh, in the secondary, this team is apt to compete at the level that they've been competing at. And I think we're going to see them take a step back more to the seven and nine, three year span they had before they were the mighty great saints for the past two years. And the saints that people are currently remembering um, and I, 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 you know, I got to have a stance here with the faith I have in the Falcons and the quiet faith I have in the Buccaneers, let's say. And I just think that this Saints team is going to take a significant step back this year. I will not stand for this slander. I will not stand for this slander when I, I am, this is my Super Bowl pick. So we can get it out. Of, we can get that out of the way. Third year that the backdrop has been around for three years. We got someone on the Saints every year and, and add me to that list. You get Eric McCoy in the second round to step right in for Max Unger. I think he can play at the same level as Max Unger, which is a pro ball center uh, as a rookie. You brought in Jared Cook. Um, Lee, as you touched on, bringing in the uh, running backs, Latavius Murray, Buck Allen, Dwayne Washington, of course. They can replace some of that. Matt Days. Matt Days. And my man, Divine Ozigbo, 
who is a hell of a football player and can really, I think, be that bruiser of the future for them. Uh, and I'm, in terms of the defense, in terms of the defense, I, yeah, I mean, I'm not a huge Eli Apple guy, but Marshawn Lattimore, Marcus Williams, and Von Bell, and then my man Chauncey Gardner Johnson. Hey, Von Bell had a great year last year. I think he's one of the better safeties in the league. Potentially, a pretty underrated guy. So they potentially. Uh, I, I think their secondary is a little bit better than Lee was saying it is. Yeah, and they, I mean, Marshawn, I mean, Marcus Williams and Von Bell could be. The, you can make an argument for them being the best safety tandem in the NFL. I think, and then Chauncey Gardner Johnson, who can play safety, he can play nickel. You can play a rover. You can put him wherever you want on the football field. He's just a, a damn athlete and a football player. Um, I, the, the question for me is going to come with this defensive line. And uh, is, is Marcus Davenport going to start to live up to that expectation and start to take, to take some of the, the heat off of Cameron Jordan? Um, but, you know, other than that, I just think this is a really solid team. Uh, David Onyemata had a really good year last year as well. They have depth. Um, Alex Anzalone, I... I you know, they're, they have guys that just perform. And then I agree with you guys that maybe um, Drew Brees has taken a little bit of a step back. But he doesn't really – he just needs to keep playing the way he is. His, I don't think his arm strength um, – I just – it also just comes down to infrastructure too. I don't really trust Dan Quinn as much anymore in that Falcons infrastructure. I know what I'm getting with Sean Payton. They've been consistent for three years, and I don't see a reason for regression. That's where I'm at. Two years. Because what we were getting from Sean Payton for the three years before that was consistent seven-win seasons. Oh, well, two years now. Until Until Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara kind of saved that team. I until mean, the players that are on the roster right now saved yeah, that team. Yeah, okay. I know they're still on the roster. Does that make – so, so they're just going to win the same amount of games every year now because those players are on their team and nothing's going to change? Not necessarily. This is, it's a year-to-year league. Like I, like I bash into people's brains who listen to this podcast. I think it's a year-to-year league, and I just think this is a year where the Saints' luck has run out. And they're in, in the whole – the fact that I don't know, I respect your Super Bowl pick, but the the way the fashion that their last two seasons have gone and the way that they've exited out of the playoffs the last two years, for them to win the Super Bowl this year would almost just be like some some voodoo how magic. Is, but how it would be some not, voodoo magic in my opinion. I just I see that as a huge catalyst they're, for them for inspiration. I think they're crushing losses. I think they're crushing losses, and with every year Drew Brees gets older, and I think well, that, what does is, that look the, like I think that the dagger has, is is going. Deeper and deeper into the heart of this Saints team, which is Drew Brees, with these losses and the fashion that they've lost these games. And I don't think that, with the mindset, I don't think it's that easy to just bounce back and win 13 games again and make another playoff run. Um, and I, I, like I said about the roster, I mean, I, I don't necessarily believe in the targets outside of Michael Thomas. I think Jared Cook is probably their second best target outside of Michael Thomas. And they don't, they've uh, never had targets outside of Michael Thomas, really. Uh, I, they've okay. had Ted Ginn and Willie Sneed and Tra- like they. Keith Kirkwood and Traquan Smith were finding reps last year. Like, I just think it's such a system, and Drew Brees like is so efficient and is complete and just completes passes at such a high level. Yeah, the arm strength maybe isn't as as you know there as as it once was. But I clearly think Brees is going to take a bigger step back than you think. Like that's kind yeah, of what I it guess, comes down to. Yeah, and I and I don't better. believe in their secondary as much of as much as either of you guys think. And I don't really believe in what, in their defense as much as you think. So that's kind of what it comes down to. Do they still have really good players on their team? Yeah. Have they been a top three, top five team in the NFL the past two years? Yeah. So have the Rams, and I and I predicted them to win uh, eight or nine games. This is I just think the Saints are going to take a step back, and you know this is kind of where I stand in the division. Clep, you're muted right now. You're you're out. I don't know what happened, but you're sorry. Right. Oh, there it sorry. is. Um, I mean, that was some great debate. That's the point. That's what this podcast was made to, made to do. That's what, that's what we want to get to the people. Um, 
I'll just get into my, my rankings here. I'm going to put the Falcons first. I'm going to put the Saints second. I'm going to put the Bucks third and the Panthers fourth. I'm going to put the Falcons first. I'm going with the Buccaneers second. I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to win nine games this year. Uh, I think the Saints are going to be somewhere around 8-8 eight eight or 7-9, and nine, reverting back to the years prior to uh, 2017. And I think the Carolina Panthers will have to really look at 